Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, you know, each day brings uh, more worry to, oh, isn't to the that table. The isn't that the truth? You know, the balloon thing is the story that just won't go away. Uh, you learned some things yesterday about that that balloon, the Chinese balloon. I did, too. What did you yeah, find out? Well, well, I mean, there's a lot of different things that uh, I found out. Number one, let's back it up. Apparently, there have been a lot of balloons. I mean, not right. just like, you know, a handful, a lot. Not like 20 a lot, like maybe 40, 50 or more a lot. They're, they're, they've been flying all, they're still flying all over the place. And they've been flying all over the place and going on for years. And apparently they're very sophisticated. There's a piece of hardware from the one that we shot down that we know we shot down. I think we shot right. down more than one that's under the water and it's pretty deep. But it's like the fuselage to a big giant plane. And it's loaded with all this different sophisticated tracking right. and monitoring equipment. So not only are they spying on our military and what we're doing and how we're doing it, but they're spying on our businesses and everything else. What else? Anything that we've done. They showed some pictures of the wreckage uh, mm -hmm. from this balloon. And, of course, they showed the most bland pictures, meaning they they show the deflated balloon the white deflated balloon nothing on it it looks like it looks like somebody's a dish towel in the water right that's what they showed they didn't show the equipment but what they did say was that some of the equipment had uh, english lettering on it and it appeared to have been manufactured in the united states so they used some of our own equipment to make their balloons to spy on us I mean, you know, well, we, we you still I, manufacture a lot of things, but not everything. You and I talked yes, uh, this past week when we started talking about the balloon. We said they're going to try to dilute this. They're going to try to minimize it and make it sound like it's an everyday occurrence and don't worry about it. That's what they're going to try to do. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking that, that situation and saying, well, we have 40 other balloons in the air right now. and We've been doing this for years and it's no big deal. And we wouldn't have even talked about it had it not been for that reporter out in Billings, Montana, who, who looked up in the sky and said, there's a UFO up there and it's not moving. And they yeah, got a well, picture. See, it, was, it was a casual observation. And apparently this has been going on so long. We talked about it yesterday when we were doing the little conspiracy thing. Right. And that uh, our presidents, they're temporary employees. Right. Uh, whether they're there for eight years or four years, they're temporary employees. So therefore, an elected official does not get this information. Mm -hmm. So who gets it? Well, permanent employees, people that are, um, well, part of the military. Yeah. And apparently some people have overlooked it. Some people have taken it, uh, Millie Nilly, Mr. Millie, Millie, uh, of our, uh, <laughs> Millie Nilly Millie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Willie Nilly. Anyway, <laughs> but, but the point is he's, he's not doing his job and he's not the only one not doing his job. Now he's a traitor, but that's a whole different, uh, that's a horse of a different color. But people may we say have we have been we letting should, this stuff fly for years. We should stop you right there. Because some people who are new to the show may say, what do you mean he's a traitor? He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Explain why you call him a traitor, Bill. Well, the reason I call him a traitor is that uh, when, when Trump was in office and he told the Chinese that, hey, if we are going to attack you or launch on you, I will let you know. I'll call you and let you know it's coming. 
that would be so you like be prepared. That would be like one of George Washington's senior officers saying, "Look at before we attack you at Valley Forge or wherever, uh, we're going to send uh, one of our uh, of our messengers over to the British to let you know that we're on our way." Yeah. So you can have your cannons. That's like saying that uh, General Lee would send a messenger across to uh, uh, at Pickett's charge and say, "We're about ready to move now. You can start firing." That's the kind of traitor Milley is. Yeah, and no matter what you say about Biden, because Biden is an idiot, and Biden did have time to react, but when he goes, shoot it down, shoot it down, you know. Right. Well, I'm sure that he was in touch with his handlers to do that, but Milley said no. You know, we Amazing. Amazing. So who the hell is in charge of this country? We know that Milley uh, thinks enough about himself and is connected to the Chinese that, uh, hey, we'll let you know if it's coming. Yeah. You don't tell your enemy. You know, an army is there to blow things up and break things and get your attention right. to the to the point that you go, Uncle, okay, yeah. I want to talk and resolve this. That's their job. Break things and blow it up. You don't say, you know, oh, we're, we're coming over to, to, to disrupt your house. And break your furniture. The thing you, is, you there were there were. Do it. <clears throat> Millie isn't alone. There were a couple of other senior officers yeah, a lot of them. in uh, D.C. who are more politician than military officer. That happens, mm-hmm. by the way. That happens a lot. A lot of the real military men, they stay in the field. They stay out in wherever they're sent. But the guys in the Pentagon, for some, it's like a magnet. It draws the military politicians to D.C. and we end up getting the kind of people we have right now. Millie, I mean, when he came out, you may have forgotten this already, folks, but do you remember when Donald Trump walked across the street to uh, the church that had been, they tried to burn down during the riots in D.C.? He walked across the street with uh, a cadre of people from the White House, one of which was Millie, and he, Donald Trump had a, Bible. dare I say, a Bible in his hand. A Bible in his hand. You would have thought that he had uh, something bad. Okay, I'm I, I, I'm trying to think of something bad, but you would have thought he had something bad in his hand. And, you know, Millie got back to his office, and it didn't take him very long to put a video together to say how wrong he was to have walked across the street with the President of the United States and put himself in that situation where he was standing representing the military of the, you know, first of all, I would tell him, sir, you are uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but the President of the United States is, and this is a matter of fact, he is the commander of ch- in chief. He is the big guy. He is the head of the military. He is your boss. If he said for you to low crawl from the White House to that church, you should have gotten down on the ground and low crawled. That's the kind of thing that you, that's the kind of thing he could have made you do. You know, Trump in a lot of ways was too easy on some of his people, really. Yeah, he was. He, you know, he's a forgiving soul, but that's what a, uh, I'm not, I'm not talking about how holy he is. Uh, But then again, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, what their problem was is that he held a Bible. 
I know. God wants you to hold that Bible. He wants you to read that and Bible. You know, they, they, he they, wants they, you to take up the cross. In 2023 in this country, the woke people in this country don't want you to talk about religion. But, you know, I should remind them that we were founded on a Judeo-Christian philosophy. Actually, One nation you, under God. Bill, if you if you want to be specific, and I, I and, and my Jewish friends will agree to this, the country was founded on a Christian faith. They weren't mm-hmm. into the Judeo part yet. The Judeo part made sense because Christianity came from Judaism. That's how th- there's a direct link between the two. And so we, we say it's a Judeo-Christian philosophy. But nowadays, they don't want you to talk about God. They don't want you talking about religion. They don't want you having a faith. They don't. They So the, for the president to walk across the street, this is a good time to mention this. I was going to mention this uh, later on, Bill, but there is a, uh, this was the FBI. Listen to this. The FBI believes white supremacy found in the home of Catholics who prefer Latin mass, according to an internal memo. The FBI's what? Richmond division, who uh, who like to protect Virginians from the threat of white supremacy, which it believes can be found in Catholics who like the Latin mass. And let me explain if you're not Catholic. For centuries, the mass in the Catholic faith, the ritual that they perform every, you know, was in Latin. And and I'll be honest with you, being Catholic, even as a little kid, I didn't know what they were As an altar boy, I didn't know what I was saying when I was saying the Latin. But it was in Latin. And then in 1963, Pope, uh, Pope John Paul XXIII, no, Pope John Twenty-Third came along and he changed it to English. And we actually became more like the Episcopalians and Anglicans. We had an English mass, and it was terrific. We started to know what we were saying, and it kind of meant more. But there are some people who still like the Latin mass. They still like to hear, and you know, there's nothing wrong with this. They're traditionalists. Exactly. Well, the FBI put them on like a terror watch list. The FBI has no business doing this. The FBI is part of the government. The government has supposed to have no say in religion. We're not supposed to be stepping into that, into that arena at all. But Well, the FBI, the CIA, and different agencies of the government, they, uh, they have a charter that goes beyond the bounds that you and I understand, even to the, uh, the, the bounds that we talked about yesterday when we, when we tap danced around the rabbit hole and talked about conspiracy and UFOs. Uh, they get into that realm, too. It, apparently, their charter is a little bit bigger and a lot more secretive, well, it's not, and it's, 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 it's under a, the radar. It's a violation of their, you know, their charters. Of, if they're doing all that they're doing right now, they have stepped out of bounds, okay, because they're supposed to be neutral, and they're not supposed to be judging people based upon their religion. I agree with you, but that is by yours and my definition. And the constitutions. And the constitution, but apparently they have different instructions. Well, that's what the problem and then is. who in the hell gives them that instruction? Yeah. And uh, again, that gets back to that uh, government is treated like it is just something there to patsy us. You know, to, yeah. Well, I think it goes to the deep state thing we talked about yesterday. Yeah, too. it does. I, yeah, I think I think it's what has happened is somewhere along the line, and I'm not sure exactly where 
we went from being that wonderful country founded on so many wonderful values, the Constitution, that beautiful framework. We, were, we, we followed that, and we were, we were good as gold. But all of us, somewhere along the line, some people, some bad people decided that that was a problem. That was an obstacle to their power, and they started to step around the Constitution and over well, the Constitution. Yeah, and if you pay attention to signals and signs, I, you know, I think uh, evil has resided in the hearts uh, and minds of many in the United States from the inception. You know, we sit there and look, you know, say one nation under God. We see all the symbols that we are uh, a Judeo-Christian nation or a Christian nation. But yet there are other, like on a dollar bill, right? there are things in there, the eye and everything like that. And people start going, oh, no, 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 no. It's something. So evil has lurked in oh, our yeah. existence from the beginning and we've just chose to overlook it, and now it's rearing its ugly head. Well, uh, I mean, you're talking about something which is interesting. We could we'd do a whole show on oh, the, you could. the, the yeah. Illuminati and, and the Masons and all of these things. Uh, because And in these organizations, uh, the Masons specifically, they were founded in, in, in Christianity and faith. And, and, mm-hmm. and some of them were offshoots of... Uh, the Knights Templar. Knights Templar right, were yeah. like the the religious army of the Pope. I mean, they they, uh, they were, like I said, we could do a whole show on this. Uh, they yeah, were. I know all about. They the Knights fought Templar. the cru- Crusades, and then of course, uh, I think it was uh, the King of France who had mm-hmm. an incredible debt, and uh, to the Pope, and mm-hmm. the King of France decided. Look, at, I can't pay that debt, and I don't want to pay that debt to the Pope, so I'm going to take his Templars, his army, and make them in, uh, outlaws. I'm going to uh, right. uh, kill them, and, uh, and he put them on the run. And, mm-hmm. and he killed a lot of the, uh, the Knights Templar, and uh, they took their, their gold and their wealth, and they disappeared, you know, and to this day, they're not sure where that money is. I mean... We're talking in today's oh, money, yeah, billions it. and billions of dollars. I mean, we talk about this TV show up in uh, on the History Channel called Oak Island. The Curse of Oak Island, right. What are they looking yeah. for? They're looking for the Knights Templar's uh, wealth, which they believe may be buried on that island of all yeah, places. Yeah, and the, the Holy Grail, the whole nine years. You know, there probably is stuff there. And um, now people sit there and go, the Knights Templar, well, they, they, they've been gone for a long time. If you look, there are Knights Templars, but mm-hmm. it's not all, well, theoretically, it's not the original Knights Templar, the ones that you see. Uh, I will tell you that they do exist, the original sect out there, but it is small, but they are still there. Now, whether they hold the keys to I mean, the history they, where everything is, they have I said They have said things like, uh, and I'll just run this by you. The the what's it Bohemian Grove, that and all of these different yeah. uh, they're all kind of related to these secret organizations have their roots supposedly in the Knights Templar and and uh, their offshoots. Now whether there's any truth to that or not, uh, that's to be determined by uh, greater minds than mine. But uh, but there's a lot going on under the surface that we don't know about, folks. You and I. 
we're honest, trusting people, day-to-day people who go about our lives, and there's a lot of people who are working behind the scenes to to do things that uh, that affect us, and we have no control over. You know, yeah, you know the the human the human nature. Uh, people like to be a member of a club. They want to be a part of Isn't something. Isn't that true? Yeah. Uh, and you know, you got the Knights Templar and the Masons and all of this stuff. Uh, bring it fast forward to now. You know, you ride a motorcycle. You want to wear your colors. That's your sure. leathers. You know, everything charters through the original Hell's Angels. You know, you start a you you go. Oh, I'm going to start a club. Going to wear my own leathers. You better charter it through the Hell's Angels or get it up there because if they catch you with leathers that they didn't sanction, there's a smackdown coming and your leathers are gone. And there there's a guy that's down in um, oh I forget Morocco or right now or something like that that started to charter and I know someone that knows them and you know oh well we're out for a good cause and things but you know a lot of times and they might be good people but somehow bad stuff creeps in well you know, in these little look <laughs> at the military the military is a, a a large organization and they make it work by uh, they they have their own different units and divisions. The mm-hmm. Fighting 69th, the, the you know, Airborne, and all these. They break it up into subgroups, and these subgroups uh, they have challenges, and they have they become uh, little organizations with their own uh, history and pride, and you know they, they take on a life of their own. Yeah, the, the Navy the Navy SEALs. The Navy SEALs are Navy. Uh, enlisted men and officers, that's what they are. But because they're Navy SEALs, they are special. And that goes to what you were talking about, about smaller organizations. People, people like to be right. in groups, you know. They do, and, and, and they find, you know, their purpose, There's what makes them unique and special. And they do good things, but they probably have their bad, too. Yeah, uh, And that's just how that works. Speaking I get it. I understand it. Speaking of uh, Navy SEALs, I don't know whether you uh, you heard about this, but uh, there's a, a writer. He's been around forever. He's 85 years old. He's still writing. He's still a great writer. He's, as long as he stays active, he's young. Yeah, he's a, a, he's a, a liberal historically. He's a Democrat historical, historically. But he's also, more than anything else, he's an objective reporter. You know, he's one of these old school guys that believes that when you write a story, you can't have politics uh, determine where you're going. It has to That's be the a truth. Hard, that is a hard line to walk. Oh, it is. Well, his name is Cy Hirsch, Seymour Hirsch. And he's right. he's written for uh, the New York Times. I believe he, he wrote for AP for a while. He's been involved with some Chicago newspapers. I think he wrote for the Washington Post. Guys, he's done stories on... Uh, on the CIA assassinations, on Watergate, on the Maylai massacre, on Abu Ghraib, on uh, the Syrian false flag. He's written stories on chemical weapons, killing bin Laden. Well, his most recent story is a story that should be top of the banner. Every newspaper should be running it right now. But because today the newspaper business isn't a reporting business, but a... uh, Propaganda. Prop, a propaganda arm of, of one organization. Mm-hmm. They have ignored it completely. But fortunately, there are some organizations that have gone around uh, 
the, the, the herd, so to speak, and right. gone ahead and written a story about. Um, last June, this is from this is a synopsis of uh, his latest story. Last June, the Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Ball Tops 22 planted the remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. There was a vital bureaucratic reason for relying on graduates of the center's hardcore diving school in Panama City. The divers were Navy only and not members of America's Special Operations Command whose covert operations must be reported to Congress and briefed in advance to the Senate and House leadership, the so-called Gang of Eight. The Biden administration was doing everything possible to avoid leaks as the planning took place late in 2021 and into the first months of 2022. What they're saying is they went just to the Navy and got their divers because they didn't have to report to Congress. They could keep it under wraps. And uh, so as far as Seymour Hirsch is concerned in his investigation, there's no question about it. The Nord Stream pipeline was destroyed by the United States of America, the mm. United States of America. And, uh, you know, I was someone said this morning, and I think it's so true, how would we feel now if the Russians retaliated by blowing up the Alaska pipeline? Could happen. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you want to you take us down. I mean, I've talked about the power grid, and I've talked about everything, and cyber attacks. You don't have to do that. You could take down the Alaskan pipeline. You can take down the power grid in the United States. You can take down the Internet. You can take down your telephones, everything that we got, just by taking down the Internet. And how vulnerable is it? Um, a good hack can take it down in just a few minutes. My question is, is, is the Internet so fragile that it can be, it can be brought down in like in one location? Like uh, you would think that you would think that there would be different hubs around the country that uh, back up each other. There's a redundancy to the process, you know, where if we lose the northwest, it's picked up by the southeast, you know. But apparently, yeah, it, apparently makes sense. it would make sense. But from what I understand, we are extremely vulnerable. Look at the airport shutdowns that we had a while back. Because they're all interlinked with the internet. Look at uh, some of the shutdowns we've had over the years, where we've had um, entire quadrants of the United States because of the internet just going poof. You know what that you says? Know, to gone. Me? It's, it says it, to me. It sounds like we're on an old framework. Well, we are. We are on an old framework. I mean, when you going back to the power grid, goes back to the seventies and. You know, now Joe is stealing uh, a Trumpism. We need to, when we manufacture stuff here, we need to use American ingenuity, American know-how, especially if it's for America. Right. But if if our power grid goes down and you lose those transformers and those relay stations and all those big components, mm -hmm. for the most part, they are made in China. So if China wanted to hurt us, um, they could with an EMP or an attack on our our uh, our power grid, and we would go to them hat in hand. In our military, 
things that ninety uh, percent of everything that makes our missiles go boom, right? Uh, we get from China. Now, when it comes to hacking, you know they're they're making so much fun of Russia and everything. The one thing that Russia has is a very good and secure cyber attack force. They put a lot of time and money into that, which led to, you know, the Democrats going, Russia, 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 Russia Gate. But that was a hoax story. But they also know that Russia is capable of doing something very nefarious. And if they wanted to, they could hack us and take us down. I don't think people realize how much of our system relies on the Internet. Yeah. I mean... You, we were talking before we started the show today. Uh, even your cars are are connected to the internet. Uh, yeah. If the internet goes down, uh, your phone systems. Most phone systems don't use the old landlines they used to have. Most phone systems are connected to your cable and go through the internet. Yeah. It would make us blind and silent as a country. You have a watch, and if you talk to it, it hooks up to the Internet and uh, it gives you answers to things that uh, you want right there at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. We've gotten so used to the conveniences of everything, and if you want to control somebody, you know, you've got to find, you know, that candy that they want, you know, that, that, that spice, and that spice in our life that we want, got to have, is, is instant gratification. And it comes from the internet, and unfortunately, yeah. it connects everything that we are about. So we're vulnerable. We have become totally dependent. We are like addicts. We're addicted to the internet. Everything we do. You go to a movie theater today, and you watch a movie. You think it's like a, a film on the projector in the back room. It's not anymore. Now they send their movies via uh, a, a secure file to the mm -hmm. different movie theaters, and they they project it on the screen. You're not watching a film; you're watching a file. A, you're watching a digital file, and and it sounds better, and the quality's better. All these things are they are better until the systems don't work anymore. Your phone, it is a computer that could fly a rocket ship oh, to yeah. the moon or to Mars. And you go anywhere. You see, you're walking down the street and you see some somebody walking beside you or up the street and they're staring down at their smart device because they're the dummy with the smart device in their hand. They'll walk out in front of a car because they're too drawn to what's on that phone. They want to see what's out there. They're looking at TikTok. They're looking at their email. They're doing their work via your phone, I invoice yeah. sometimes from my phone when I'm out on the road. It doesn't matter. You know, You everything you do, I try to, every once in a while, I leave the house and I leave my phone. And, and then I get, my God, I couldn't get a hold of you. What's wrong, Bill? Yeah. I don't left my phone how many home. times? I, I wanted... How many times have you, have you left the house and you said, oh, my God, I, I left my phone at home. I got to go you back. you turn around and go back? Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm not complete unless I have my phone in my pocket. Which not is ridiculous. anymore. You know, not you, anymore. You, you not talk for about me. you talk about intelligent com computers. I remember a statistic, and back in 1990, they said that the home computer was, I think, five times more five times more powerful than the computer that ran 
the uh, Defense Department in uh, 1952 or 53. I mean, and we thought that was impressive. I mean, we could ha- had all that information on our desktop computer. And like you said, nowadays, it's, on, it's in your watch. Nowadays, you have, and you have more information in your watch, more power in your watch than you, have, you had on that desktop computer. Hey, look, I, I remember when I was a kid in school, uh, there was a girl that I liked in an art class or something like that, and I don't know what her dad did, but she was bragging, yeah, we got a computer at home. I'm going, what do you, where do you put that? Because they were big back then. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And she goes, well, we got a fourth room. It's a bedroom. It's his office, but it has the computer with the data reels. Oh, you my, know? yeah. And I'm sitting there going, okay. Yeah. You know? But, you know, they've changed now. And I remember when everything could be done on a floppy. Now it's 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 a little uh, chip. Say to drive a hard drive di- uh, that's the well, size of. Well, what are we talking about? I I bought, I bought a two terabyte uh, hard external hard drive, and it's uh, half the size of my my uh, iPhone. Yeah, and compared to what I bought like five years ago, five years ago was the size of a standard like book. Yeah. You know, it, things have changed so drastically in our society. And uh, but it's, it's, well, it's not all for the good. Yeah, and everyone goes, boy, that must be ancient times. And I guess I'm going to date myself here because I remember back when when that was going on, I was more in you know I was more in tune to what I was going to do when I got on my 12 uh, speed bike and rode home after school yeah. to uh, what was playing on the radio. You know, I wanted to hear uh, uh, maybe cream in the white room, but, uh, you know, here comes yeah. Donny Osmond, one bad apple, don't spoil the whole bunch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But you, you look at that in time, we were going into, at that point in time, launching into this computer age, but it was those big data reels. You oh, know, sure. That everything was, and those things yeah. would spin real fast, and, and you're waiting for the tape just to go flying t- in the air. <laughs> I took a summer school back in 1962 when I was a, a little kid. Uh, I spent six weeks at Brown University in Providence, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, at special summer school because I was. Uh, they said I was gifted. Boy, were they wrong! <laughs> but anyway, Where's my gift. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, they had this building next to one of the yeah. dormitories. It was a gigantic building, and in the building was their computer center. The computer center took up two floors, and the computers were. Uh, resting on a platform that had springs underneath it so it would get, yeah. minimize vibration. And I think they may have had, uh, I don't know. That wasn't a at minuscule Car- of, Mellon, was it? No, that was, a, that was at Brown University. That Brown was, University. Yeah, that was an amazing system. It was impressive to look at. But in that whole building, it probably didn't have the power that your iPhone has today or your Android phone has today. I mean that's well, yeah. that's where we are right now. We have and we in those little those little computerized devices have hooked us completely as a, a society. Do you think how long do you think it would take us to get used to living without them in a, in a world that became dark and blind? Well, I started life without a computer. Me too. So so I could I could Transition. It would be tough, but I could transition. But my son, my my kids, they couldn't. They grew up in the computer age. And if that computer is gone, when the Internet goes down, 
man, I'm bored. I, what am I going to, or the power goes out? You know, I mean, it's like somebody unplugged them. You know, they're, they've they, got they, to, they, they would have to learn, they would have to be retrained on how to, how to exist. Things kids right now, kids are committing suicide right now because of all the, you know, everything that's going on. Oh, I know. You know it's they terrible. Would, they would, they would sell, they would disconnect and self destruct right away. How would you like to be a kid today who is, uh, overweight and wears gaudy glasses and it, it may be the smartest kid in the classroom and you're always being picked on but it's not ending at the schoolroom door it's actually going out into the world on your social media every time you go to your your, your social media app someone's making a, a comment about you or something like that that's the kind that's, of stuff kids have to deal with today that's that's in the news uh there's a story about that right now a young girl of 14 that committed suicide because of Number one, all the bullying. Number two, kids have got all this pent up anger. Yeah. And you see it on school buses and whatnot. Like there was the one where, you know, these kids took turns, you know, holding down and beating. Just I saw that. Beating, you know, I saw that. A 16, going, was it a 16 year old kid who beat up like a nine year old girl? Yeah. And then this is going on, and, and these kids are committing suicide. Uh, and this is going on now. I'm sorry. I, I remember one time when I was a kid riding home on a bus, Rex was his name, drove the bus, and somebody spit out the window, and all of a sudden that bus stopped and pulled over, and, you know, Rex came back and didn't touch the kid but yelled at him, and the bus went right back to the schoolyard, and he sat there and he said, stay here. And he went out and got a bucket and a sponge and some soap, said, Young man, you come here. And none of us got to go home until that kid washed the spit off the bus. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and well, I'm sitting there going, hmm. Well, to give don't, me, don't spit uh, out let's, the window. Let's talk how things have changed. That situation you're talking about, the school district didn't want to file charges against the 16-year-old right. kid who hurt that little 9-year-old girl and her brother, too, her, her younger brother, they were both hurt. So what the, the school solution was, don't punish the guy who did the assault, the 16-year-old, but uh, remove the kids from the school and put them in a different school. That was yeah, their answer. School somewhere else. That's a dumbass. It's a dumbass dumb solution. It is. It certainly is. So, But we have a problem in society. We have lots of problems. And then we got Joe Biden. We got everything that's going on. You know, uh, uh, there's so many little things well, that are I popping got, their heads up. I know. got one for you. Uh, last night, Tucker did a fabulous open to his show. I, I'm going to play a little bit, bit of it right uh -huh. now. He was talking about something which we talked about yesterday on our show, but he, he brought it out and flushed it out and made it, explained it a lot better. There's a gentleman named George Allen Kelly. George yeah. Allen Kelly is 73 years old, which is a young guy. <laughs> 73 years old, and um, he owns a, a ranch right on the border, and he's on the U.S.-Mexico border, and he's very used to having illegals come across his property into the United States, and they do the darndest thing. So they're not a stranger to him. He's seen other illegals before. But uh, this guy named Gabriel Quen 
Butimia from Mexico. Uh, apparently he did something which uh, George felt was uh, threatening, and George shot him on his own oh, property, really? on his own property, and killed him. So in Arizona, like a lot of states, I believe they have the castle doctrine. You have the right to defend yourself if you feel like you're in, in, in jeopardy on your own property and you, you feel like you risk bodily harm. But the memo didn't go out to this judge in, uh, I guess, the area where he lives because he was arrested. And they charged him with first-degree murder. And they put George, this little man who, who has a hard time walking, um, put him in shackles and handcuffs in an orange jumpsuit, mm-hmm. and they arraigned him. And the, even the arraignment didn't appear to have the judge in the courtroom. I think the judge was somewhere else. It was like a teleconference type thing. And uh, I'm going to let uh, Tucker pick it up from here because he explains the whole situ- situation better. And he also talks about a couple of other cases. Listen. Mm-hmm. Self-defense, the cornerstone of all freedoms, without which you cannot be free, you are owned. Self-defense is becoming illegal, in effect, in a lot of places. And not just in very liberal places, like New York City, even in states with some of the strongest self-defense laws on the books. Arizona, for example, allows residents to shoot trespassers on their property. So 73-year-old George Allen Kelly lived right on the border. Now, you may have heard that Joe Biden opened the border to millions and millions of people from other countries whose identities we don't know to just walk in. So if you live on the border, this has changed your life completely, and it scared you. So George Allen Kelly was one of those people, lives on the border. He's seeing this firsthand. Now he is in jail tonight, charged with first-degree murder because he shot an illegal alien who trespassed onto his ranch in Keno Springs. That's less than two miles from the border. This happened January 30th, just the other day. Now, we don't know the details of the altercation between the man in prison and the man he killed, but the man in prison has no record of killing anyone else. He's not a convicted felon. He does not have a violent history. The man he killed was an illegal migrant called Gabriel Cohen Butima, and he was deported several times from the United States but let back in. We're not attacking him, just noting him. That's true. So George Allen Kelly apparently felt threatened and shot that illegal migrant, but prosecutors did not give him the benefit of the doubt. They instantly charged him with first-degree murder. So here he is, George Allen Kelly. This is the guy who, according to Arizona authorities, is a dangerous risk to public safety who must spend the rest of his life in prison. Assess, does he seem dangerous to you? I noticed coming in, Your Honor, my wife is in, at present in the court. May I ask her to make an appointment for an audiovisual conference? And I've not been able to talk to her or anyone that's something that has to be discussed with the detention um, facility downstairs. So that conversation would have to be had with them, sir. Okay. So if your wife wants to have communication with you, she can go to the sheriff's office and they can go ahead and make the proper accommodation that they need to make. I appreciate you giving that instruction. This is an elderly man who can barely walk, who has never been convicted of a violent crime. And he's being treated like a child by some disembodied voice from some fascist. That's, that's what you just saw. Now, the judge in this case is called Emilio Velasquez. Now, who's Emilio Velasquez? He's a judge. He doesn't even have a law degree. He, he's not a lawyer, and yet he's a judge. He's an elected politician. 
and he is allowing the prosecution of an American citizen who exercised his rights under Arizona law and his most basic human right, which is if someone comes onto your property and you feel threatened by it, you have a right to defend yourself by force, period. But Velasquez does not acknowledge that right. And so he set the bail for this elderly man whose wife is living alone in their home right near the border at a million dollars. So news of this case, obviously, traveled past Arizona and people were justly outraged by what is being done to this man. So people tried to raise money to pay that bail on GoFundMe. But GoFundMe wouldn't allow that. This elderly man rotting in jail while his wife lives alone on a border that the Democratic Party has kept open. You can't raise money for his bail. They shut down, GoFundMe shut down the effort to raise bail for this guy. Now, of course, you can raise money for BLM as they burn our country down to make sure Donald Trump is not reelected. But you're not allowed to raise money for people who are being held on a million dollars bail and first degree murder charges for defending their own property along an open border. True insanity and a danger to all of us. Even in Texas, which in some places is still a free state, self-defense is slowly becoming illegal. A few weeks ago, a thug walked into a taco shop holding what looked to be a gun, scared the hell out of everybody inside and stole their money. He pointed this gun, turned out to be fake, at several customers. How would you feel if you were there in the restaurant and some lunatic with a gun starts shoving the barrel in people's faces and stealing their money? Well, one brave man stood up and eliminated the threat. Here it is. A man wearing a mask and gloves inside the taqueria around 11.30 Thursday night, pointing what looks like a gun at customers while demanding money. As some hide and throw cash, this man takes action just as the robber heads to the door, still with his gun drawn. Picked up the money, turned around and left, and that's when the customer got up and shot him. The shooter angry, realizing the robber's gun is plastic. Returning the stolen money to customers, taking a sip of his drink, and leaving before police arrive. So it would be interesting, and we should do this, play that video for the entire country. And let's have a national referendum on what ought to happen to the man who shot the armed robber. You're eating with your family in a restaurant, some lunatic in a mask comes in and shoves a gun in your face, which you think is a gun, and steals your money. And somebody stands up and shoots him back. What percentage of Americans think that guy should go to jail? Right around zero, probably. But Houston police, along with the county district attorney, are putting that man in front of a grand jury to send him to prison. They're saying he shot the criminal one too many times. Okay. It's not hard to see why people are making sure they're putting down violent thugs. If they don't, they'll get out of jail and start terrorizing more people. That is happening everywhere. It just happened in Tupelo, Mississippi in September. Mississippi's a state controlled by Republicans. But politicians in Mississippi started letting felons out on parole, and that would include a man called Chris Copeland, who's 26. He had multiple convictions for burglary and auto theft. Copeland, while out on probation, executed a clerk inside a Chevron after robbing him. He made that clerk, a man called Parmveer Singh, sit down and then shot him in the back of the head. This footage is awful, but it's real. Turn away if you don't want to see it. Here it is.
just executed him. So politicians can feel like good and virtuous people by giving a second chance to felons. And by the way, felons do deserve a second chance. Not everyone in prison deserves to be there. But when you let people out wholesale and then don't keep track of them, just expect the best, you're gonna let psychopaths like Chris Copeland into the general population and they're gonna execute store clerks who are the last people who deserve to be executed. They're working for like eight bucks an hour to sell you lotto tickets. Meanwhile, people who defend themselves against criminals get the maximum possible sentence. The government gets to defend itself with bodyguards. Politicians have tons of bodyguards you pay for. Congress is so afraid of the people they govern, they built a wall around the Capitol this week. But you can't fight back. Wow. That is the, uh, that is the best news talk uh, program on television. And, and you know how I know why? Because the mainstream media and the left can't stand it. <laughs> That's Tucker no, Carlson. No, they can't. Um, um, gun control is, is what they're going after. But, you know, when you say self-defense, we're not just talking guns, but they want to take away all your gun rights. And when they are gone, they're gone. Uh, I saw a statistic that 22% of registered Democrats own guns. Mm-hmm. It's something like 70, 72% of Republicans, registered Republicans, uh, own guns. Now, that doesn't take into account the people that don't vote, and but I would venture to say that the the haves outweigh the have-nots, but the have-nots, if they're in power, they want to take your guns, and they're giving rights to these thugs, and once they take their guns, well, okay, they take my guns, and at least I can I can go take Taekwondo people, and defend myself. People no, who think that it's not going to be that easy. People think I live in a... Uh, a castle doctrine state like Pennsylvania. So if anybody does what this these guys did, you know, if, if they threaten me on my own property, I have the right to shoot them. And and legally, you may have the right to shoot them. But if you run into a judge like uh, George Allen Kelly ran into in Arizona, they're going to make life hell for you. Well, let's be clear about this judge. He's really not a judge. He is a magistrate. Right. And Anybody can be a magistrate. You run for the election and you get elected. Okay, now you're a magistrate. Well, here's what you got to do. You got to take a 10-day course, at least in Pennsylvania. Right. If you want to be a magistrate, you take a 10-day course and that's it. Are you going to learn everything, the legal ins and outs that you have to have well, to interesting. be a fair What's interesting is this guy Judge? put him in jail and, and put a million-dollar bond, bail, bail bond, uh, against this poor guy. Technically, because it's the lowest level of the judicial uh, system, uh, he will go up the ladder. If, if he loses in, in magistrate court, which if you listen to this judge, he's probably going to, he'll go to the next level. And if it's a real judge who has a real background in law, things may change for George, but He's 73 years old. He may spend a year in the system. And now he says that his wife lives alone in that house when he's not there. They have somebody going to die. And she, yeah, she is a handicapped lady who can't take of herself, take care of herself. She needs George there. He has a farm with chickens and all the and animals that need to be cared for. And if George isn't there, they're not going to uh, be in a good state either. So we're, this guy, this fathead magistrate, is uh, 
is killing something. Well, you know, either the wife or George or, or uh, his farm. Yeah. Look, it, there's no denying we got a screwed up system. And your rights uh, are, are being thrown out the window. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's all a control thing. And it's not going to stop at your guns. It's going to stop at, you know, you might, like I said, you know, you take a self-defense class, but then your body is a weapon, so to speak. And even though you're just learning how to defend yourself. And do you know who I blame for George Kelly being in jail? I blame Joe, uh, Joe Robinette Biden. He put George in this situation. By yeah. allowing the border to be as porous as it is right now and have this wave of illegals coming across not just George Kelly's property, but the entire southern border, it's Joe Biden's fault that George Kelly is in jail. And if you're sitting out there going, oh, it's not George Biden. No, it's Joe Biden's fault. He put George in this situation. Otherwise, George would, would be tending for his cows. Right. And chickens. Yeah. And taking care of his wife. Yeah, well, that's the most important part right there. He would be there for her. And if she's bedridden, she needs his help. Well, but I don't know where this is going to go, this story or uh, our situation right now. Well, you know, Biden has ruined our security on the southern border in under two years. What is he going to do over the next two years? I mean, are we going to make it to 2024 and maybe a new president? Maybe. Well, the Democrats have a problem, but the Democrats are about control. They're not about you or me. It is about power. And I say that because, you know, let's go back to the uh, the State of the Union address. Joe went off, key, uh, off, off script, right. and they're mad because that script was written and sculpted to attack the Republican Party and set themselves up for 2024, but Joe... Being Joe, uh, decided that he wanted to do an attack, and he actually helped Republicans in their cause. Oh, they, and they showed off. They loved it. They just nailed them. They they yeah. nailed them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Joe, Joe is Joe, and now and now, Democrats are turning on Joe, saying, "Okay, we got to get rid of this clown. Who who are they going to put in his place? They don't want Kamala. Right. They don't want him. So." Who is it going to be? You're going to put Gavin Newsom in there? Look what he's done to California. Can he? Could he get elected? I don't think so. Nationally. Well, I hope not. No. He's a pretty you boy. Know. He has a nice look, but his uh, track record. Well, he is speaks hard. well, too, but his track record and what comes out of his mouth is pure stupidity. And, yeah. Oh, by the way, they, they've switched um, uh, from, what is it, natural gas or whatever it is. Now they're going to hydrogen, which is... I don't know if that's a smart thing to do oh. with, you know, they're they're doing their green thing because, you know, you think about it, hydrogen <laughs> is is easy to produce, but, you know, think about a rocket ship, you know, some I guy know. that's just it, sitting there going to explosive. the moon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, no, look, these man, guys man, had to do it. I, I refer you to the Hindenburg. You know what that was powered with? Yeah. Hydrogen. Do you know, do yeah. you remember what happened when a, a little tiny spark a static spark hit it, boom. Yeah, they, they didn't understand the anchoring of and grounding of the balloon. Exactly and right. Boom. And there was a, there was I a mean, lot of electricity in the air from a thunderstorm, and off it went. Hey, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes there there are plausible risks. Like you know, our 
our venture to the moon. You know, those guys didn't think for a minute the risk because they sat on top of a bomb to take off and go to the moon. It was a risk that they had to take, and they were willing to do it. But this is different. Yeah. You know, um, you know you're hitting a nerve when uh, old regulars from the Democratic Party come out of the woodwork uh, uh, and criticize you. Uh, I specifically point to James Carville, the husband, oh. the husband of Mary Madeline, who 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 is a was a Republican. I don't know how they live in the same house. I don't even know whether they're still married. Okay, I don't know. I how, don't either. And I, I, she was a, a staunch a Republican, a conservative, and James Carville was a lunatic lefty, and they got married. I, I just. I can't believe that. She wasn't one. bad looking and he no. was ugly as homemade sin. Oh, he looked like the south end of a north pointed horse. But anyway, yeah. um he was on MSNBC of course and they were criticizing the uh state of the union and the Republicans' vocal response. You got to hear James Carville talking. Listen. I, you know, I'm told people I have a clue of a PhD in white trashology, and you saw real white trash on display. Mm. And let me say something about Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She dresses like white trash. She really needs a fashion consultant. Can I recommend George Santos? He, he could do a good job of, of dressing up where she doesn't announce her white trash them by her, her own well, clothes. Well, I'll tell you, James. And I thought he had a great night last night, and the, it's just it's the, the, the level of white trashdom in the Republican Party is, is just staggering. I mean, for somebody that has observed it for a long time like I have, it, it, I've never seen it manifest itself on the level that it's manifested itself. Boy, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. Holy smokes. Well, it, he ought to know about white trash because he come from a state of white trash. He's white trash himself. Well, yeah, he, he, he'll never he admit it, He represented white trash that was in the White House from uh, Arkansas. That's right. You know, he, he's always been uh, on the cutting edge of white trashiness. Uh, but, well, you know, there's white trash and then there's white trash. There's all kind of color trash. Trash is trash. I love how and they're he's going the king at, of the trash. You know the the the, the, the one that the left is going after now all the time is George Santos. Now George Santos apparently he embellished his resume and oh quite a bit. Yes, you know, yeah. I was embarrassed oh, yeah. by it too. But you Me know too. how many people? You know how many people have embellished. Oh. Their resumes. <laughs> Hello, and their, Elizabeth their, Warren. Their education. Somebody was was, you know, chewing my ear about that one day, and I said, "You praised a person that uh, we both know who lied about her resume, had no business." You know, as a matter of well, fact, well, in New how York. about Richard Blumenthal, the senator from the state of Connecticut, who yeah. talked about all of his experience in the Vietnam War, and he wasn't there. How about uh, how about the president of the United States who happens to know every damn buddy? <laughs> Hell, he he was around when Jesus drugged the cross. That's true. He, he was there, Mister Mister Plagiarism himself. Yeah, I mean, come on, I'll, shut I'll, up if you you know. You know, a lot of people don't realize. Is there a lot of drive-by uh, political uh, listeners who who are just now waking up? And when you say things about. Joe Biden, like, well, he's a plagiarizer. They go, what do you mean plagiarize? I refer you to, uh, I think it was 1988 where he did a speech. Yeah, and well, it, was, was it was just about word for word a speech that was written by a British politician about his family. Yep. And and Joe Biden's saying the same thing. We know I'm the first one in my family to get a degree. And if you look at this 
and they did this on television. They cut back and forth between the two speeches, and they cut to the British guy and said, I'm the first one in my family with a degree. <laughs> I think it was Sam Donaldson that called him out, and then he goes, I graduated the highest of this class and the highest yeah. of that, and it turned out he he graduated right. at the bottom of the and class. He, and he was we elected a dumbass. Yeah, he was challenging one of the reporters. He was obviously ticked off. He says, I graduated with two degrees, and I went to law school, and I decided I didn't want to go to law school, but then I decided I'm going to go back to law school. I finished in the top half of my of my class. No, you're right. He finished like the, the bottom two of his class. Yeah, he was lucky to squeak yes. by. He was the class numbskull. So we invite we voted this guy into what? The presidency. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't vote him in. Neither so did I. You and everybody else. No, 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 no. You didn't did. vote for him no. and I didn't vote for him. Let me ask you, Mr. and Mrs. America. Yes. Did you vote for him? A lot of silence out there. A lot of silence. I'm just saying. I rest my case. The guy is a fraud and the party is promoting a lie. No wonder they don't want us to look at the numbers and look at the votes. You know? And what do we have right now? I want to play for you this cut here. It's only 10 seconds long. This is from Joe at the State of the Union. I want you to listen to word for word what he says, okay? But American automobiles couldn't make enough cars because there weren't enough chips. Car prices went up. People got laid off. So did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this by you one more time. Listen. But American automobiles couldn't make enough cars because there weren't enough chips. Car prices went up. People got laid off. So did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. Okay. Uh, he well, says so. He said so did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. People got laid off. So did refrigerators and cell phones get laid yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was really sad to see a refrigerator and the unemployment oh, line. Oh, it's terrible, man. They just sit there and they, they look so dejected. It really, it's, it's sad, you know. Well, what the refrigerators say? I've been froze out from my job. <laughs> exactly. They have a freeze in my business. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it, it is a. It is a sorry situation. You have to laugh because if you don't laugh, we're all going to cry. Because, but thanks to Joe, we have all these new jobs. Oh yes. Now to him, it's a new job, even though it's just a job that was taken away because of the pandemic that the Democrats were very happy to push along and into place to get you know Trump out of office. You know there was, and now okay, we're going to open up the nation again. Let's. Let's uh, and and so those are new jobs in Joe's mind because he's got the memory of um, uh, fish. Okay, ten <laughs> and, seconds, and they don't a have fish. They don't have a lot of memory. Uh, no, one more ten thing. Seconds. That's it. One more thing before we uh, we wrap this thing up. One uh, thing. I, I see where Matt Gates uh, today or yesterday he led a group of eleven lawmakers in calling for the United States to halt additional military and financial aid to the Ukraine through the introduction of the Ukraine fatigue resolution. I like this. Yes, that's right. But the only problem with this is, I mean, do, do they, does it have any teeth? Is it just a lot of huff and no puff? Do you know? Uh, do we ever get any action out of these resolutions and things like that, or is it just a statement? It's a statement because nobody ever follows through on anything. The Democrats didn't either. Of course, they did their committee. But, you know, with all of that said, Zelensky, Zelensky yesterday came back and said, 
We need more money, and we need those damn jets now. Yeah, he was no, over. No, Zelensky, he, you don't need a damn thing. He was over in the EU, I believe, yesterday or the, the day before yesterday, and uh, the Hungarian president gave him the cold shoulder. Said, "Hey, enough is enough. We're not getting uh, involved in your in your war, and uh, it's a never-ending pit, essentially." And and he he was right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a waste, and and I don't believe the money's going to the places that he says it's going to. Uh, I hope he's getting rich. His kind of, some of his uh, his leaders around him are getting rich. Right. Uh, some certain key lawmakers in the United States that are saying we got to help out the Ukraine, got to help them out. They're getting backdoored some money in that resolution the, that they proposed, the fatigue mm-hmm. resolution. Uh, one of the things was so we're, we're going to put a freeze on uh, aid to the Ukraine, and you're going to have to in order for us to help you any further. You guys have to sit down at the peace table and work out some kind of resolution, which I think makes nobody's talking about that. It makes sense. Sit down and talk peace. Why are you constantly talking about increasing and expanding the war? Why isn't Joe Biden sending over a peacekeeper or a peace negotiator? Well, you know, it gets back to the things that we've said before. You know, the doomsday clock hasn't turned back in time. It's still ticking forward. Mm. And... The war machine marches on, and I think for a lot of people to get out of the mess they're in, it's going to take a war. Ooh. And we're going to have to, we don't have to do anything for us. Speaking about marching on, we have to march on out of here because we're done. Another show in the can. I hope you have a great weekend. By the way, if you want to contact us, we have a phone. If we paid the bill, you can call us. It's 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com or mail at crnamerica.com. Please contact us. It's I, We sometimes feel like the Maytag repairman. Yes. We're just so damn good that yes. you don't feel <laughs> belt. But ask us how we're doing. Ask us how, you know, our family is. You know, what do yeah. we like for lunch? Yeah. Stuff like that. Do we do we scuffle? Do we, ask or us do whether we, we walk like Joe Biden. Ask us whether we could use a few bucks. That'd be nice too. <laughs> oh well <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't know about you, but I'm independently poor. I really me too. <laughs> Another reason why we work so well. Hey my friend, <laughs> have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Yeah. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>